0: cult and classic <laughs> welcome friends and fiends to another episode of cult and classic podcast the podcast where we talk about uh thematically linked cult and mainstream films but today we're actually breaking the mold a little bit again because we are finishing up our discussion of star wars the prequel trilogy now uh if you missed any part one of this series check it out from last week we talk about star wars episode one the phantom menace and star wars Two: attack the clones this week we are going to finish up with star wars episode three revenge of the sith is that correct i always forget the name of this one for some reason it's just episode three in my head um But uh, yeah, episode three, this is the one that rounds out the trilogy. It ends, I think, 19 years before A New Hope, the 1977 Star Wars film, is supposed to take place. Um, This is the one that's most liked uh, critically, and it seems by fandom. Uh, And I think there's some good reason for it. I think the first two films in this prequel trilogy have sort of, uh, because Lucas is always tweaking things as he goes, I think that it was... I think he was responsive to criticism about the first two films. Uh, it's also by far the darkest of the films. Uh, it is the most violent and kind of upsetting. Um, we'll just start off with our cast as usual. I'm your host, Nate Wyckoff, film critic and comedian. We have with us our Star Wars expert, Tad Mastroni. How are you doing, Tad? This movie's gonna make me feel really good and then I'm gonna feel really bad after. Yeah. Mandy Longley, how are you doing, Mandy?
1: Good ready for more star wars let's ready for more go. let's
0: let's pull your mic a little closer because oh. you're so quiet I you got so...
1: that which is not something anyone's ever said to me <laughs> uh, i think that callback to the previous episode we had this whole conversation about my brother
0: here's yeah. what's happened guy is that is that uh jeffrey tucker who is also on how are you doing jeffrey uh, mm, 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 mm. he's yeah. eating an ice cream bar which is
2: uh I, I'm good. I am the Star Trek uh, expert here, just and, in case uh, you need any uh Star Trek related uh so you know, this is why we keep Jeff
0: checking. and Tad in different rooms because we all know that those are natural enemies. Um <laughs> I'll kill you dead I remember how offended I'll I was kill you too buddy my phaser set too.
2: to kill
0: oh yeah yeah. Uh well Let's let's get into this. Um, so when we left off with Star Wars episode two, which is considered the least uh, good film of the trilogy by most, although I do have mixed feelings on it now comparatively to the others. Um, I will say I love Phantom Menace growing up, even though I knew it was problematic and, and rough uh, and not perfect. I didn't dislike it this time. It's very watchable, but I actually found myself more intrigued by episode two, even though in the middle part, you find yourself checking your phone because it is It drags in the center Uh, i really
1: appreciated all the dad jokes in it this time around
0: yeah in episode two yeah there's a lot of dad jokes um they really pull up the uh you know oh obi-wan's gonna kill me like the just nothing original you know could have been on a popsicle stick um but still garners a chuckle by the one person that's never heard it yeah so it ends sort of with uh the republic still sided with the jedi and they now have a clone army to fight the separatists led by count dooku uh who is a sith lord played by christopher lee god rest his merry soul wonderful actor check out our episode uh <laughs> uh way back in the day on cannibals where we talk about him having a cameo and this movie is the one that has to end with Anakin Skywalker, young Padawan turned Jedi, becoming the Sith Lord Darth Vader. It has to, because we know it's the last movie of this trilogy, and that's what this entire trilogy is supposed to be about. It gets back to my main gripe of that not being a good idea for a trilogy, Um, or even a movie. I don't really like... I don't really like origin stories. Um, Tad's gonna roll his eyes, but I don't care. Uh, Man of Steel by Zack Snyder was probably the best origin story because he used the method of. It's a good movie, Tad. Um, It's not a good fucking movie. It's a really good movie. It's really good. Anyway, there's only one topic,
2: boys. Only one problem with it.
0: But the way that they did the Flash, the origin, is it's all in brief flashbacks, and you're done with it in like 20 minutes. Uh, And you also have setup going into the actual movie and the rest of it. But um i guess this it's just not a good trilogy for me because the end result is not a finished story uh it ends with um uh, spoiler alert anakin being dismembered uh and burnt alive by obi-wan because he's turned to the dark side and he killed a whole bunch of people and uh then being rebuilt with some cybernetic-y things and wearing the darth vader suit thinking that his wife was killed by his own hand when in fact Padme uh dies after giving birth and naming Luke Skywalker and Leia Skywalker soon to be Leia Organa because they're split up and sent to different planets uh so the Sith can't find them I guess and that's the setup for a new hope uh you know in in, in almost 20 years later they'll be adults uh the Death Star will be complete now I'm going to say this, the end of episode three, and I know I haven't even gotten into what really happens in the plot, because really, it's not, this is the simplest of the three movies. The plot is, uh, all of the Emperor's evil machinations, you know, come to fruition, he's turned uh, Anakin to the dark side by making him think that only the power of the dark side can save Padme from dying during childbirth, because he's been having these weird dreams about it. Uh, so he turns to the dark side he the emperor is elected like chancellor supreme so he is essentially running the senate of this giant republic and then he renames it the galactic the first galactic empire so it becomes the the empire of of star wars fame and uh and all the jedi are wiped out except for a few stragglers including yoda and obi-wan so it's that's simple it's the culmination of the first two movies they they literally crammed stuff in the first two movies so this one could just be about anakin going a little loco and crying with eyeliner and yellow eyes um it it is i don't know here's it was 2005 it was all the rage right 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 well here's the thing uh visually uh hayden christensen looks his best in this movie he still has he has the scar he's got the good hair Um, Like I get it. Like At that point, yes, I might overlook some red flags if I were a young uh, senatress. Um, But here's what I didn't like about it in general. One, it's just a bleak movie. And I said it, I like Man of Steel a lot. So bleak is not bad for me. But the entire intent of the movie, it just doesn't, you can work some sort of progress outcome in the end of it. And we'll get to this way in the future when we talk about Rogue One. But I had a similar complaint. If i didn't get anything new out of this i that that means something to the ongoing story i didn't need to know it Uh, and you could have spent this time telling me something different but my other complaint about this movie is that uh senator padme she's become essentially the crying damsel in this movie not that you can't cry as a person and who's upset i mean her husband turns into a psychotic and uh she got raised and babies by herself like i get it that's hard and that's bad and that's you know a legitimate reason to mandy's mandy's nodding it's a legitimate (laughs) reason to be upset um but at the same time this is a woman who's gone head first into difficult situations and she's strong and she's capable and she doesn't do any of those things here um she's really just left to be the the victim Uh, And then can we talk about the part that I despise of this movie, which is her death. She dies of a will to to stop. Basically, they're like, she dies of a broken heart is what they're saying. And you know what? I could even get on board with that if it wasn't for the fact that she's with it enough to give birth to her twins that she names and then dies. That doesn't make any sense. He wrote himself into a corner, Nate. Come on.
3: You know it. It doesn't make sense. He completely was like, oh, fuck. She has to die. uh, She died of a broken heart, except for the fact that it would have made sense for her to want to continue living to
0: take care of her goddamn kids. You know what, though? It could have been done very easily another way. She could have given birth before she went to me. At, she went to the climactic battle at the end and uh, told them that they died or something. Like, there could have been, or the ship could have crashed. They could have gone around it. There's plenty of and, ways. I mean,
2: there's also, like, postpartum impression. There's, like, other things that, you know, like, you could have weaved in there and, yeah, like, right. given it, like, sure. a little time to breathe. And, like, she eventually kills herself in, like, a, you know, in an actual kind of way. Uh, but, yeah, because, you know, you know that
0: because that would have made for an even more uplifting film. But no, you're yeah, right. Yeah, I but, mean, but it, it would have been one sense, of many. Right? It's one of many yeah. logical solutions. Um everyone everyone only remembers from this film, I'm going to hazard to say, the the cl- the climax, which is the lava planet fight scene between Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker who's now turned to the dark side. They're fighting on floating um droids and debris in this lava flow and ultimately uh Anakin gets the is stuck on lower ground and obi-wan's like look just don't just give up don't try to get up here because i'll slice your legs off um and he's like i'm gonna get up there and he's like don't do it i'll slice your legs off i'm gonna get up there and he tries it and he gets his legs sliced off and he also gets his other arm sliced off i guess which it does it's just even when i saw it in theaters it was confusing i always have to ask someone because you i can't see his arm getting sliced off you have to still frame the scene because his legs are very clearly gone um, but anyway, he's got and then he burns and it's it's a little gangsta because Obi-Wan doesn't put him out of his misery. He doesn't try and help him. He lets him. He doesn't just let him die by it's by blood loss cruel. He he he, <laughs> he leaves him on the bank there. of lava to catch fire and then walks away. Now, I'm not and saying it was lightsaber like yoink mine now. Right. It, it was It was a rough one. It was a rough one. Um, there's lots of famous moments from this as well, because we get the end when he when Anakin is put back together and he gets off of the gurney uh, and he's told by Emperor Palpatine the lie that he killed uh, the Queen, which this is also kind of weird because I guess the Emperor can feel things like the other Jedi. So maybe he must know that Padme's dying or, or must know she's dead. but you're like, I guess that's why, because he could, as far as he knows, she could walk in tomorrow and be like, yo, I ain't dead. Um, but I guess he must know. It's just, you have to assume. But anyway, we get that famous scene where he says, no, in James Earl Jones' voice. And um, like the pieces of equipment around crinkle and the droids crumble because of all of his force power. It's a cool scene. It's um, it's a direct reference to Frankenstein's monster, uh, the birth in, in the famous Frankenstein film, 1932, I think. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's right. Uh, so it's it's got a filmic pedigree there. And I like that, the birth of the monster sort of, it doesn't totally work thematically, but I get it, it's, it's fun. Um, what else? Uh, there's uh, some good action in this one. The part that I don't really, it's just paced really well. So the problems with the story and script that have plagued the prequels st- are still here uh, and some new ones are made, but it's harder to care so much because even though it's two hours and 20 minutes, everything is happening and it's being paced relatively well um the only jedi that has breast implants is brutally murdered you under know what? a no i was about to say they killed the big titty jedi it's it's first off it's weird that she has to wear that outfit second it's uh it's it's a brutal way to go but all the jedi are killed um you, you, you understand
3: twilek right that culture is very uh sensual in nature and therefore of course they would
0: dress like that it is part of their culture to do so i mean yeah they have made it that way and mandalorian has continued that uh essentially but it is um you know maybe if you're a jedi just don't walk in front of everybody that's got a gun it's probably the best course of action but anyway so yeah so the senate turns uh on uh the the jedis because now that the they have their new sith apprentice and the emperor doesn't need anybody else and the jedi are just uh he he faint he fakes them trying to kill him because he's a chancellor not because he's a demon muffin headed evil sith lord um they also mace windu gets killed in this film sorry spoiler alert but it's a pretty good death scene i actually think this was another standout scene and i don't know why i hadn't remembered it it's the moment when anakin really goes evil because uh mace windu is going to kill Chancellor he's like I'm not taking at first he's going to take him in but then there's this big fight scene emperor uses his little glowy electric uh, Tom Cruise hands and he shocks him and then uh Mace Windu's like you're too dangerous I'm going to kill you and Anakin's like no he's the only way to save Padme blah, 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 blah. and then um and ultimately Mace is like I'm going to do it anyway Anakin cuts his hand off, which is brutal. And then the Emperor shocks the shit out of him for like 45 seconds before flinging him into the city from their high rise. So it's it's a brutal way to go. It's well done. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Unlimited power is what he screams. Now, here's the thing. They did such a good job on the Emperor's makeup. It's gross. He looks like you took um, Regan from The Exorcist just mid exorcist and threw her in a river and let that carcass bloat for a couple of weeks. It is gross. He's disgusting. I like the fact that he says that the attack has left him scarred and um, deformed. And so that's why he has this robe over his face like we always see later. But of course we know it's because he's disgusting looking. Um, we get early on, we also get the death of Christopher Lee's Count Dooku, right? Um, Dooku is, uh, that's that's one of the early turns of anakin is the chancellor is pretending to be a captive uh even though dooku is actually his apprentice and uh anakin does the scissors with the two lightsabers and decapitates christopher lee's character and then That's we're not symbolism symbolism we're not done with the introducing cool villains to kill them right away because we get um obi-wan's battle with general grievous the multi-armed cyborg creature who who has a long backstory that I guess Clone Wars covers his backstory. Is that correct? Correct. The problem is
3: is that there were two versions of the Clone Wars where one he was a total badass and the other one where he's a fucking doofus.
0: Yeah, so his character was actually always my favorite because he clearly had story around him. They didn't even give you the story in the film at all. But not only
2: is he like a well, machine. they kind of into it though, like because he's like coughing, and you're like, "Why is this yeah, robot Yeah,
0: he's coughing. <laughs> his eye, one of the few pieces of the only part of skin we see on him, are around his eyes and his metal mask, and he's oozing green like pus from his eyes, like and he's he, he's just a mess. Um, but he's also really cool spider robot guy um and he fights with four lightsabers i i didn't remember that he loses the four lightsabers very quickly mm-hmm. uh which is a bummer but he's still really cool and actually the fight scene is probably it ranks among my favorites uh, of this trilogy um we get like a a really cool like sand running lizard mount for um uh obi-wan and we get some uh like this this one-wheeled speeder thing with robot arms and legs that uh grievous goes on but anyway grievous ultimately is killed and his death scene is actually pretty great too his like body burns out from the inside and
2: uh, yeah and like you actually it reveals like oh well now we understand why he has a cough like he has like a heart and lungs yeah he's He's
0: actually biological inside this machine sort of a vader precursor right um it's it's i liked it uh but again it's just weird to not you could have just had one villain and built up for several movies with some great con combat you know like um you could have just had darth uh maul and here's the thing about darth maul which i didn't mention in episode one but that's okay apparently he had a really good monologue that they cut out uh and you know always great dirty. Uh, yeah i just i can't yeah he, he's he's too evil looking he can't be smart too nice. um yeah so anyway so there's a bunch of stuff that happens in this movie but like I said the plot is basic it's just tying up loose ends and the only reason Grievous exists at all is to have Obi-Wan out of the picture while um Anakin is being manipulated by um the 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 emperor uh the soon-to-be emperor Palpatine now I've mentioned him every time he is the golden light of the trilogy Ian McDermott plays Supreme Chancellor Palpatine and he does such a good job he goes from like sort of the the benevolent uncle in episode one with a little hint of spook uh to like full-on monster in episode three and he goes like he has voice times where his voice changes fully and it's just masterful like really like he's he's excellent in it and he guys remember was actually in uh star wars the empire strikes back and return of the jedi so this is some real pedigree here uh
2: yeah that that i think that was actually like tough for me because like i knew he was the you know like if you knew the actor from the original uh do we think it was supposed to be a surprise because he's pretty
0: obviously him like they show half his face in episode one
2: no i know but it it felt like they could have left that a mystery they could have like at least tried to obfuscate a little, especially since he gets disfigured. Uh, I love that actor and he did absolutely amazing. Yeah. So I'm glad he was there, but I feel like you could have also maybe gotten another great actor um, who would have also done amazing. And it wouldn't have just instantly been like, I know that's the emperor, the first scene he's in the thing. And there could have been some mystery. That, yeah. That I mean, that's potential. I,
0: I would probably myself always go with him. Cause I think Ian McDermott is, is a uh, stellar, but it is one of those cases which is a problem with doing prequels you know how shit's going down so yeah you know um but i agree there is a there is a potential for that and they did to their credit leave it open enough that if you didn't know the story and didn't know the actor you would think that looks like him but you wouldn't necessarily be 100 percent sure they never give it away outright um in the dialogue and stuff but i agree and i don't and i think that they decided or i'm sure that was a conversation and they decided that well we're gonna
2: let's it let's just go for it yeah, yeah. um
0: and probably also like the
2: the symmetry of it you know it's like yeah. the same especially like the amount of time right it was like the early 80s right and then yeah it's that's um, it pretty impressive that he was able to to, to do to it carry right that role over. um
0: because yeah. I, I assumed yeah. when he played the emperor in empire strikes back i assumed he was a thousand then uh and right? that was not the case uh and and we should mention too um pretty much everyone who's still alive from the original trilogy makes cameos or reprises their roles in this trilogy or in this prequel trilogy so um you know Peter Mayhew uh as as Chewbacca is also in this one a bit is it this one it is this one um that's the thing it's hard to differentiate the movies in this prequel because so many little things happen um I guess overall I know why this is the most liked movie probably because it is the darkest but also I'm going to hammer it again the pacing is probably the best so it is just the most rewatchable um because I don't feel like the ending is particularly satisfying the the ultimate ending of this film has palpatine and uh vader looking out uh, of a star destroyer at the shell of what will be the first death star and let me tell you something they Those must be govern. That must be a government contract because nineteen years to finish that thing when you're already that far along. That took nineteen years. Didn't the next? Didn't the second Death Star get built in like a couple? Like three. But I mean, the 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 extra material. Even
3: back in the '90s, speculated that. They had that he that Palpatine was such a paranoid freak that he had already started on a second one because he'd already anticipated, oh, what if they take out my first one? I
0: need two. Well, because it's contact. It's it's the America, you know, it's like uh, the America always knows why build one when I can build two for twice the cost, you know, Uh, contact reference. And uh, yeah, so it was it was an interesting moment. I don't know. What are you guys is is talking? Jeff, what's your take on this? Seeing it again, uh, having, having a more, an older take. So old man.
2: (laughs) Yeah. 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 So here's, here's the thing that I get every single time I watch this one is, is I go and I say, why? Like he, 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 like from the beginning he's like, all right, I got this idea to tell the story of Darth Vader and then, like, I feel like I get to the end of this, and I'm like, that was like your great idea. like the the essentially his downfall doesn't feel earned. Um, mm-hmm. like you know we're we're supposed to base it on this great romance that like we don't really see on screen. like the only parts of it are to kind of make us uncomfortable. and you know, quite frankly, we don't even really want them to be together. you're like, yeah, like I, I I'm not into this. And so then, like when. It comes to fruition that like he goes from uh no like you know goodness and you know saving people to like murdering children in like the span of five minutes it's like over that like really yeah i also felt (laughs) it it just is like this doesn't make any sense you've just told us the origin story of this character and it makes less sense than it did before i watched this Right. And so it's like, why did why'd you make this whole series to make this character? Picture less... picture this
0: theory. I don't think it was just for money. Here's, well, I think he did this because I think he felt it was safer than trying a new story, which is always a big problem, right? And and mm-hmm. Disney did it again, which we'll talk about in the future. But with the Skywalker saga, the problems there I think are heavily attributed to trying to recapture and retread rather than really doing something new and um which is why the mandalorian also ends up being successful and uh and it's not even like they're ventured on a new formula it's a done before formula it's just really good anyway um i think on paper like we said in last episode all of the elements make sense but they're too manufactured and they're not treated they're, they're not given the due required on screen for example we know the thread of why he's supposed to turn to the dark side his mother was killed and he had premonitions and he didn't save her and his uh, he's having premonitions that Padme is gonna die um she's the only one in his life and he can't even have anybody else because they're essentially priests and they're not in sp- in you know catholic priests and they're not supposed to have um be married and he's married and he also uh has guilt i guess because he slaughtered a whole f- a whole tribe of um of the sand people um which is questionably deserved i mean that was another thing we didn't touch on that but i was always confused i'm like why did they have the mother strung up i assumed they were going to eat people but then why were there it didn't make any sense it was arbitrary um and then uh and then he he makes the snap judgment to stop mace windu and he and he does it by cutting his hand off instead of another way because that's i assume that's how he's trained that's what the cops say right um and so We see all these pieces and I'm like, yeah, they line up to make sense, but they don't feel like they make sense in the movie because like Clone Wars with Anakin, which is why I never got into the series, because Anakin is not a, he's not a good guy. He can't ultimately be a good guy. So watching him have fun is painful, right? Because you know, the ultimate end is really tragic. So without enough tragedy breaking in to the moments uh, to, to that really have an impact, I don't see this change. He goes from um, from hurting Mace Windu and allowing uh, his murder to literally going directly to the Jedi Temple and deliberately slaughtering like children, and it, that jump is just too. It's too much, and that's again my problem with these villain prequel stories, like Cruella, like Joker. You. If you if you can't go far enough with the material, like it's not like it's I understand saying I can't be that dark because it's Star Wars and that's not what Star Wars is to us. That's fine. That's valid to me. But then don't tell that story. Tell a different story that is in the scope. Because for example, if you uh, look look at Cruella, she's a miserable person in the in the one on one Dalmatian movie. She's terrible. I cannot fathom a character that terrible that became that terrible without having the potential to be that terrible from the very beginning so if you're telling me that i'm going to end up rooting for this by the way guys let's think about cruella her parents were killed by dalmatians stop um uh and i like emma stone i'm just saying and and emma thompson
2: i'm just saying your parents were killed by dalmatians wow that's best the story ever this is this has become a new obsession the cruella is just, just
0: seeping well, in. Well, no, I just, it's the same, like I said, it's the same thing with the Joker. And I actually had, I actually liked a lot of things about the Joker. I think Todd, was it Todd Flanagan? Is that his name, Hangover? Anyway, um, who, who made that film? I think he has a lot of, he has a lot of pretense about it being better than it is. Um, but it's the same where it's like, he can't be a victim and that's why he's a villain. It just, the people, we think it works, thematically but it really doesn't because you can be victimized and then do bad things because you feel like other people deserve it that's real but you can't really become the villain who does these terrible things to people that don't deserve it just because you had a shitty time because many people have had shitty times and not gone on to become sociopathic
2: murderers it just doesn't work so stop trying to make it work well I i think like it's missing like like some logic as to like why he's convinced like you know it's like you know he just like he's like oh well, i can help you save her and then he's like you know we'll we're gonna save her together you know go murder some kids and it's like it gets it gets like flimsier as it goes by on that.
0: it's just like, like- well- he's like, like he's like i only i can save her i can teach you how to use the dark side to raise the dead okay well you can teach me how to raise the dead right i'm sure together we can figure out how to raise the dead Yes,
2: it's been oh. said to have been done by this other master you know right, which i murdered so I most
0: likely by the way um and you're like you're like oh okay so go murder these kids but you'll teach me right i will think about teaching you maybe one day like it just it just and by the way if that's really darth vader if that's his like motive i feel like even if padme died and he didn't have anybody left he would still pursue that course to figure out how to raise the dead because or or cease death because that was such a moment for him plus i mean jedis can talk to the dead who have ascertained, ascertained a certain level right it gets sort of buddhist right like he can they can do that and that's established in this movie by yoda so why is that never a thing if that's part of his life it needed to be part of his life in the the neutral in in the original series and it's not so don't make it part of his life um now picture this picture if instead of him becoming darth vader as a young man he becomes darth vader when he's a settled mature calm older person 40s 50s totally different dynamics different dynamic is oh maybe darth vader like Right, Darth Vader never lost his cool yet all we see of Anakin is essentially going off the handle or almost going off the the rails a little bit um you know back talking all these things Vader never did that he was so calm and cool and collected that's not who he seems to be he's a tactician and it just it just feels like a completely different character and I don't understand how in 19 years, you would become a radically different person. Frankly, if that happened, people, people can change. If you became a radically different person in 19 years, the four of us would not be in this room together because we have stayed essentially the same for 20 plus years.
2: Like I that. just deal with it. Um, yeah. I mean, there's like, there's just like things at the core, you know, like obviously we grow as people and, you know, we sure. improve, but there's like some of those core elements are just always going to be there right um, and it it, and it feels like you know anakin as a kid is one character with a certain core of things yeah anakin as a teenager is a completely different character with a, a different set of of core values and core beliefs and then anakin as an adult as darth vader is not even that doesn't even correlate to any of these other things right and it, there's no thread in between these things we're, we're not told the story like we're told like kind of like uh, and also, and even you know, the, the, we're told the what happens. We're not told, happening. we don't understand why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: like the the change, and also there's this change from from episode two to episode three at the beginning where uh yeah, Hagen Christensen's hotter now, but he's also broodier and angrier. Why? What happened? Oh, I'm sorry, he's married to a beautiful woman and has a happy life. Like wh- what is causing his distress at that point? Um, and that didn't make sense. I also wanted to touch on the fact that if and again i'm going back to the what if but the jedi council again the elements are all there it's clear by reading the subtext and what happens that the jedi council is, ha, is has fallen out of effectiveness they're not good at what they do anymore even yoda doesn't really they're listless like they don't have a function they clearly have outlived their usefulness right um which is a kind of a bloated bureaucratic thing right it happens um and that could have been the driving factor a strong one and made clear that it was a driving factor in pushing anakin like why have padme involved at all in the raising of the dead thing how about maybe his mother died and you found out that that she'd been reaching out to the jedi council and obi-wan and they were like no this is it's legal it's totally legal in hutland like yeah. we can't do
2: anything like they could have had to this... mess with his training you know right. his... they could yeah. have had
0: this bureaucracy involved in that because that's a legitimate thing that happens <laughs> and in the real world and that would make me mad i might want to burn it down too like let's take down the patriarchy anyway like so there's just these things that could happen and then the whole whenever you deal with a what's essentially magic making someone evil i don't like it it's the idea of it's it's the alcoholic thing um where you know you hear people who are making excuses for someone with alcoholism who behaves badly that is like that's not really them but then you talk to the people say in like uh, alcoholics anonymous or another program or something and they're like oh no that's me that's the part of me that should i should i don't have my filter on or i and it, but it's me and i deserve to be held accountable for my actions. And that's the kind of thing that we really want in our characters, good and bad. Because when you have a character, and I'm thinking specifically of when Padme is like, I don't know you anymore, and he starts to force strangle her, not even force strangle her, he starts to strangle her. It's it's like, oh, we're supposed to understand that evil the dark side has taken him over. That's not valid. Um, for one, he spends many more years doing presumably more evil things and yet somehow gets better. Uh, towards the end of the original series, it doesn't work that way. It just, there's, it doesn't make logical sense. And using that sort of, um, they're under control. It's the idea of possession. If it's possession, well, fine, that's a different thing. But if it's character development, it's not possession. We need to see this progress. We need to understand. Um, If he had a temper problem that was like portrayed as a legitimate violent temper problem throughout the series, maybe it would have made sense, but it just doesn't hold water at all um i don't know I, I don't know i don't i don't like the whole like you went to the dark side so you're 100 this character uh it doesn't make sense i don't
2: think it works philosophically like a switch that's hit in some other room that we don't get to see yeah. and it's like oh we see it his eyes turn yellow <laughs> okay like yeah. you know what i mean we see i it. mean but that you, you we see like the effect of it but we right. don't see that like the light switch being hit you know like yeah i don't know maybe like some sort of I don't know magical like trance state that he goes into and we see that things, but at least right. it's something it's still terrible, but at least it's something. It's just like, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It's and, like, Oh, he's now another character. Okay. And this is part of the problem with doing a prequel
0: period is you can't change anything in the originals to make more sense. Uh, Lucas can, she tried, um, but, and Disney tries a little bit too, to be fair um uh this is also as we're recording this it has just been known that they are changing the name of Boba Fett's ship the slave one uh I don't know what they're changing it to I will say this though one like it's another problem right you're turning someone who was originally conceived as a villain into something of a hero so you don't want to have him come you know attached to anything untoward like slavery which is real in our world and is a problem and has been a problem um but in their defense we don't know this yet i'm wondering if they changed the name of it in like as part of story element in the book of boba fett um that is possible because they're keeping that under tight lips and the way that that information leaked is that lego was sent a a note notice from disney to change the name of it now i think it's definitely a decision driven by marketing um and by concern over representation and just bad pr i get it um but i think they can also work that in very clearly and very easily into uh the book of of boba fett so serious so uh, you know let's give them a chance on that also it's not a big deal uh, i know one person in particular who's going to lose their mind uh and say that it's another case of all this stuff but he's also someone who uh thinks that confederate soul uh generals should have statues uh sorry you lost the war you kind of lost the chance to do that shit. so mandy what was your take watching the episode three again now in these days
1: in these days like so like i remember when it first came out and i was like i like this i think i i like these movies more like one two three because specifically there is less dialogue in each of the movies that are coming out like right. the, less it are talking, the less people are talking the better movies be same length less dialogue this is great like that is literally basically the only thing i remember about my opinion when these first came out and then like re-watching it this week um i was like wow you know what like I actually do like this as a film like more than just like it's slightly better than the previous ones this is slightly less garbage like i was like yeah no like i like quite a bit of this um I don't know in general but like overall like as you already mentioned not a great movie like doesn't really have like a point doesn't really help us understand the character in a way that makes sense so I'm not really sure why it exists but I did like it better than what I remember the first time <laughs>
0: so, yeah and, <laughs> and I think this one was definitely meant in some ways to set up the often talked about never came to fruition obi-wan series um because we got to see a lot of obi-wan doing stuff on his own and ewan mcgregor does a very good job as obi-wan particularly in this film i think he really comes into his character the own his own as the character in this and he of course s- apparently studied alec guinness's acting quite a bit to get his cadence and everything done i think it worked uh, I, I do think it worked um I, my again the romance between padman and and anakin is problematic in this whole trilogy um and i actually in some ways i like this portrayal even less than in two um because at least in two they were trying to develop a cute romance and in this one we don't get any of that lovey-dovey stuff he anakin is like standoffish at best and obnoxious and not even obnoxious just unlikable and cold the rest of the time. So I didn't understand this whole, It's it, it, the film doesn't have the emotional depth in order to pull something like that off, um, that kind of change and and to make us buy it. Um, I also, yet another case like his dreams of Padman and, and uh, making it so that's his impetus to turn to the dark side. I don't think it's justified. I don't think it's justified that they have to maintain secrecy about their marriage because here's the deal. You're in the middle of a civil war. You really think the Jedi are gonna give two shits that one of their elite soldiers got hitched to the woman that he sleeps in the same room as? Are you kidding me? Like maybe Yoda and and Mace would be concerned because they would be like, oh no, this is where the the chink in the armor is, so to speak, right? Like this is his attachment is what's gonna cause the problem and it does, but it's made worse by the fact that it's a secret. I also don't get why, and I didn't get this before either, um, why she has to have this a secret. I'm sorry, senators can't get married? I'm pretty sure a bunch of those aliens have like six mistresses in those boxes in the Senate room right there. Like, it doesn't make any sense that that, that from her end, they couldn't have this. Um, I think most planets, if you were like, there's this... You know highly trained ultimate military force that rules the galaxy uh and our queen's gonna marry the most powerful of them i think that would be a pretty big boost like i think that they would want that from a a political standpoint um removed from the jedi order or not that would be effective and i don't understand the i don't think it was given enough credence like it it just it's sort of like i had this argument or an argument but discussion mandy we talked about it a little bit with the binge worthy or binge worthless episode with bridgerton the idea that um chastity had to be maintained to such an extreme level it's not that like i don't argue the reality that socially that's what was said to be expected and you had to maintain that image but everyone was actually having sex like you know or making out the idea that because uh the brother caught you know, his sister and another man kissing that all of a sudden he has to duel to dawn. You're like, are you kidding me? Do we really think that's what happened? Like, even the Mormons are shaking their head. I mean, excuse me, the Mennonites are shaking their head at that shit. Like, that's not, sorry, Mennonites, sorry, Mormons. You're not the same at all. Uh, but anyway, it's me being flippant, but it's the same thing. It, it's not justified. Um, I asked, who did I not ask? Jeff, did I ask? I, I didn't ask you, Tad, did I? How you felt about this watching it again
3: so um i think i i'd like to think that i kind of have some answers to the questions but they're largely me realizing that it was once again george lucas kind of not plugging the holes in his own logic so as someone who did actually watch the entirety of the clone wars between that took place between episode two and three there was an and even i think this is a deficiency of the clone wars there was an opportunity to tell a story that just wouldn't work for telling it to essentially kids because the clone wars was meant for star wars fans but ultimately still marketed to kids like almost everything else is at this point i mean it aired on cartoon network originally you know that that was its original spot it's a it's a very mature story but it's one of those things where it highlights the real issues that george had when writing the whole story you know we can pull those holes apart or or pull the threads in between those holes apart all we want um For one thing, yeah, they didn't do a good enough job of using their secret marriage and their secret romance as a plot point to drive Anakin further. It basically is a non... A non-plot point, like it's a secret, except that it doesn't affect the plot in almost any goddamn way. Even in the even in the cartoon, it barely has anything to do with anything. It's more like a like a oh, are they gonna get caught this episode? No, they don't get caught this time, and you know they're not gonna get caught because in episode three they're still not fucking caught. But at some point, almost anyone could have been like, wow, um, they they sure hang around a lot. I wonder if they're doing something. But um, when I was a kid. I had a speculation in my head about what this story would have been like. And I was very goddamn dead wrong because I guess I uh, overestimated George Lucas's ability to actually portray emotion in his movies, which I should have known if I'd watched more of his work. It turns out he's not very good at it. Um, I always imagine, and you you kind of hit on it with the whole thing of a, a more mature Anakin being more vulnerable to turning the dark side than the younger one. For one thing, they, di- they kind of didn't do what they probably should have done is they could have made Anakin look like a more abusive asshole. Someone where it turns out like Luke was looking for his father the whole time. And it's like, you didn't even want to, you wouldn't have wanted to know your father. It turns out he was a huge asshole and he's still a huge asshole. Please don't chase your father down. But the alternative, which would have made the story much more interesting is if he was a charming, charismatic motherfucker who was charming the pants off of people constantly and that is one thing they did actually do in the cartoons is they made him much more charming much more charismatic much more like you understood why people wanted to be around him because he actually had some gravitas he was actually flirting with like rulers of planets like i think he went to some cat planet and he was totally flirting up the ruler of some cat planet and i was like that's the anakin go japan and that was just a cafe it was fucking i don't know i'm there are are just there's there's cat waifus in in star wars i guess but it would make it all the more tragic if you saw that anakin was kind of like a like a not necessarily a paragon but somebody that a lot of people looked up to they were like yeah he was a great war hero he was a great pilot he was also kind of humble and he really loved his wife and he was really looking forward to having a you know a family and all that and it all got snatched away from him and he had even had to fight his fucking best friend basically to the death that's not the story that we got is basically like i'm a little pissant and i got my comeuppance like he was like 21 23 i think when that when that whole thing ended and not only that to your point you know why he is kind of like a brooding kind of dickhead in the in the third movie because the whole trilogy glosses over the fact that they're at fucking war and that he's probably suffering
0: from PTSD well and he has he has a scar on his eye that he didn't have before so like we know that there's been things happening yeah, yeah. he's got PTSD it's just they lucas has
3: no idea how to portray that with his characters like they're well to be fair ptsd
0: is essentially never used effectively i mean my wife and i talk about this all the time with the anime gundam wing look at gundam wing um ptsd is is literally not a thing that's an that's an entirely different right right it's interesting because when you talk about it when you're talking about the marriage it would have been much more interesting again if you made the jedi council make a mistake because the idea that things just go bad because doesn't really hold water um it's if the, if now if they found out he was married because Padmé was pregnant and they found out because of obi-wan and they remove him from the jedi order and all of a sudden he's pathless and empty and then the you know emperor palpatine comes in with this I'm offer wonderful. of you can be like that's a totally different thing and it's more understandable because he is a victim and then his but his uh reaction is because of a desire for power, which they keep trying to put in, but it just never comes through it doesn't and that's that's yeah exactly they
3: told the story where Anakin was essentially at the pinnacle like he had the most ability to resist everything at that point. he had everything he wanted. he had a wife he had kids on the way. he was the most powerful Jedi he was on the council he was a fucking, fucking war hero he had everything and he had every reason to basically tell palpatine fuck off i'm not doing any of that shit and instead it's oops i did it what have i done no
0: right
2: let me murder some kids <laughs> Fuck
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> gotta work right on my back. parenting skills yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean we've we've talked of course this has been a much shorter discussion than part one so make sure folks listen to part one but um this is a problematic trilogy. Um, all of the Star Wars have. I, I am going to go out on a limb and say that anyone who tackles Star Wars in in the large scale form, not just a single movie and even some of the single movies, they're pretty much doomed. Um there's two the, the most Star Wars has the most toxic fandom. Um, of just about any science fiction fandom. I mean, they are vile, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I am disgusted by what some, and guys, I know most of our listeners are awesome, wonderful people. I know a couple of you out there are nasty, nasty people who have caused women in Star Wars to go off Twitter, who have said terrible things. Like It's just statistically that's the case. And for all of us who know people like that, let's call them out on it and take back our property because Star Wars deserves to be enjoyed by everyone and portrayed however we want it to be portrayed. Don't give it to grouchy old people, not old, that's ageist, but don't give it to people who don't deserve it. It's not theirs, it's ours. We can take it and make what we want with it um all of that said I think it's very difficult to make a Star Wars movie uh in general or property that people will receive well um I and I think that's unfair but things like the Mandalorian you know they come out of nowhere essentially and people told a story they have a passion about unlike as you said Tad Lucas I think passionately wanted to return to Star Wars but he didn't know how to do it so he didn't have a story he was passionate about telling That's why there's so many other elements. He got passionate about all these details because the story itself wasn't there for him. Um, And that's why we get these cool snippets of things that have nothing to do with the story that they're theoretically trying to get through. Um, So it comes down to this. Would I recommend the prequel trilogy? If you like Star Wars, of course I would recommend the prequel trilogy. Don't, you're not, you're doing yourself a disservice. There's only a handful of films and even TV series, and frankly, even contemporary media. There's a lot of stuff in the 80s and 90s book wise, um, but why wouldn't you consume uh, three of the largest films in the franchise, which are considered canon? That said, go in with the appropriate expectation. You're gonna be, especially this day and age, 20 years later, even though the graphics are great, you might be a little put off by the fact that some of them are are outdated, but you're gonna quickly lose that. You're gonna lose the fact that Jar Jar is insane and you're going to be swept up in whatever scenes on screen at the time. Are you gonna be satisfied? Probably not. It is better that it ends with one of the stronger films as opposed to ends with the weaker film, but um, watch it. Do do I think you should judge Star Wars by these prequel trilogy? No, of course not. It's not the original and it's also not the best. Um, I would actually hazard to say, and I'm sure we'll get to this in the future when we talk about uh, more recent films. I think this is by far the weakest trilogy of the three existing Star Wars at the moment. There's hands down, uh, it's the weakest because the core story isn't effectively developed. Um, it's, It's not even there. But that said, yeah, of course I'm recommending. Watch these if you're a Star Wars fan. If you don't like Star Wars, why would you watch these? Um, You've got plenty of other things to watch. Um, If you're on the fence, you like Star Wars, but you're not like a huge fan, I think you might actually enjoy these a little more than those of us who are big fans, because you're not as likely to get worked up over the inconsistencies and things like that. Um, So give them a watch. Uh, They're on Disney Plus right now. And also you can get the Blu-rays. And I think even the 4k sets coming out. I can't remember what's launched already. But uh, check it out. Um, Just don't expect masterworks because they're uneven, um, problematic, and uh, you're not going to get it. Jeff, would you recommend the Star Wars prequel trilogy and why?
2: Um, I actually think the prequels is maybe a better place to start for young people. Um, I think the action scenes and like the lightsaber battles are actually the best in this, in this set than any of the other ones. Um, I think that they are more spectacular and, uh, uh, you know.
0: They're definitely flashiest.
2: Pretty, pretty darn flashy. And I I mean, I think there's a reason like we all went and saw this a bunch of times when we were young. Uh, I
0: hated the second one, and yet I still saw it multiple times, and I was waiting with bated breath for episode three.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, so I think for maybe young people, these these movies work because they just because of the way that the um, uh, the action and the uh, the visuals and basically, you know, the first movie is just too fast for anybody who actually wants a story. But like for younger people, it's like, yay! <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I, this is my pace. Uh, it's going crazy. There's 800 films in this one film. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I generally suggest it even to uh, the the older crowd because at least you know, if you go in this and you hate it and you want nothing to do but to bash on it for the rest of your life, you know. I guess that was something that you were destined to want to do anyways. And you're, you enjoy hating on something. So watch it just to, you know, give it a, a good clubbing. I, I, I actually, there's definitely a lot of scenes in these movies that I like, like a lot still. Um, And it's just the whole story. You know, it's like the origin story of the empire. It's the origin story of Vader. It's the, uh, you know, just too many origin stories all in one thing, just too much and they don't they don't all work out in, in logical fashion. So um watch it watch it for the flash. Watch it agreed. I think
0: that's a wise wise decision. Tad's waiting with beta breath but he's gonna go last. Mandy, would you recommend the Star Wars prequel trilogy? And if so why?
1: Okay. I think you guys already said Star Wars fans, you're already into it. Or like maybe if you want to get your kid into it, watch Phantom Menace with them. Like before watching some of the other films, like don't don't watch the one where Luke Skywalker cuts open an animal and climbs inside. Like it's the first one you watch with your kid. Like maybe watch Phantom Menace instead.
2: Though that one Um, is the best one. Let's all agree. Yeah,
1: it is. (laughs) But like I mean, I remember having pretty strong reactions to that scene. Uh, It is like you know now there may be a better option. Watch watch a pod race. It's super fun. Um, and I do also agree that I think the fight scenes in these three movies are some of the best, um, although I think in some of the ones that came out recently, like they're comparable, um, moments in that, that, that regard, um, the scenery is very pretty. We mentioned like the special effects are, are really good and like, might be like, a. Good to go back and have some perspective on like how how advanced they might have been because they really don't even look that out of place like rewatching it now 20 years sure. later um so i don't know yeah like even just i don't know i'd say yeah go for it but we're all disappointed and we still have star wars probably <laughs> you will be too
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i think that that's the good to say is like <laughs> right? it's like did they did i did they meet my expectations well, if my expectations were low, yes, you know, like yeah. it's. But that said, it's more to consume, and I got my enjoyment out of it. It's like getting a game yeah. that pisses you off, but you still beat it, and you're like, I kind of still want to play it for some reason. You're like, yeah, okay. I clearly got enough out of it that my complaints are mostly. They may be founded. They may be well founded, but they're irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tad, now we go to Tad. Uh, Do you recommend the Star Wars prequel trilogy? And if so, why? Hate, 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 hate. No.
3: I'm going to say that I don't have to recommend it because every motherfucker who listens to this podcast has already seen them. What I will say is, despite what people may think about me, this is not the trilogy that made me fall out of love of Star Wars when I was younger. What did that was The Force Unleashed. That's when I went, all right, that's it. He's really gone off the rails now. Coincidentally, a few years later, it was sold. They wiped everything and we had to start all over again. Um, yeah. You're
0: talking about the video game, The Force Unleashed? Yes, yes. We're going to have to talk about the symptoms because I actually haven't played it. I have it and I've not played it, so we will talk about that on another yeah. date. But yeah, that makes sense because I, I do remember I do remember you becoming uh, particularly bitter Uh in the early 2000 and the late 2000 or mid what is that mid2000s 2006? that was
3: 2007 2008 I believe that's when I finally just done and then 2015 I was like oh wait maybe I'll care
0: and then uh to be continued to so be continued my, <laughs> right we'll talk about, about, about it. my opinion about that uh, yeah afterwards. we're gonna have so guys We are going to do each of the three trilogies and we're also going to do uh, the one-off movies uh, in a couple of episodes as well. So follow us out uh, this year, 2021. We will get through these. Uh, It is sort of the rite of passage of film podcasts that deal with genre films to talk about Star Wars and who are we to disagree. Uh, So please listen, write reviews, subscribe. Send us your questions, send us your recommendations, send us your complaints to Tad. Uh, Write us at cultandclassicpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, We love to hear from you and can't wait to bring you more every single week. I'm Nate Wyckoff and playing us out as always is the chud with all about evil.